Hi, I'm Babbling Brooke, the producer of Sam and Ted's famous last words. Welcome to the Babble Sound Studio, where we're sitting in on an American and a Brit, twisting each other's words, getting tongue-tied, and generally reflecting upon the strange beauty of that majestic, rather odd thing we call the English language. You're listening to Sam and Ted's Famous Last Words. Sam and Ted's Famous Last Words! Ted, did you get your ears pierced? Yeah. Do you like it? Everyone in Berlin has piercings and tattoos these days. Mm, yeah, that's true. Um, but, but what are those things hanging from your ears? I mean... Those new earrings you're wearing, what, what are they made of? What do you think they're made of? Well, they look a bit like those little cheeses you buy in the supermarket. You know the ones that are covered in red wax? Um, they're kind of like a mini Edam. I think they're called mini Baby Bell. What are you asking, Sam? Ted, are your earrings made of baby cheeses? Baby Jesus? Lord, no. Sam, you know my thoughts on religion. Well, not really. All we ever talk about is English. I mean, we've never discussed your religious beliefs. You could be a Mormon or a Mooney or Amish. Anyway, they say you should never discuss religion or politics. Not in polite company. Sure. You don't want to know what people really think. I've lost a lot of friends that way. Is that why you left America? Ha! Yeah. I escaped to Berlin. Speaking of Americans in Berlin... Have you ever heard of Mark Twain? The world-famous writer? Of course I have. We do have schools in England, you know. Good. Well, Mark Twain once said, the more I learn about people, the more I like my dog. Yeah, I can understand that. Hey, your parents have a dog, right? Yeah. He's called Jazz. He's a poodle, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And he never talks about politics. Well, of course. Dogs have a lot of important stuff to do, like chasing sticks and digging holes. They've got no time for politics. Exactly. Now, going back to Mark Twain, you know what he said about German? No, but I feel you do. Yeah, I sure do. He said, I don't believe there is anything in the whole world you can't learn in Berlin except the German language. True. A lot of English speakers find it hard to learn German in Berlin. Yeah, it's hard to get up for a German class when you've been out dancing all night. <laughs> sure is. Um, you know... I've never thought about it before, but you and Mark Twain have a lot in common. Do we? Yeah. Mark Twain was an American. He lived in Berlin. He liked to drink cocktails in the morning. And I bet he mansplained things just like you do. He did what? Mansplain. You know, when a man explains something, often to a woman or a co-worker, in a patronizing way. That's a neologism. A new word. Listeners, mansplain is a combination of man and explain. There you go, mansplaining again. Whatever, sweetheart. You ever heard a man interrupting? It sounds like something you might have read about on the internet, Ted. Have you been cyber-slacking again? Um, excuse me, Sam. You do know what cyber-slacking is, Yes, Ted, I you? know what cyber-slacking is. Cyber-slacking is when you use your company's internet to amuse yourself personally while you're supposed to be working. And you've never done that, I suppose. Never. Never, ever. Really? Really. 
Let's go with that. Yeah. And in Let's fact, go with that. You do you. Let's go with that. And in fact, in fact, what I was using the internet to do some work for our podcast. Oh, really? To find oh, some right. very interesting neologisms. Neologisms, fantastic. Yes. New words. New words. You found some new words. New words in the English language that all the kids are using these days. Wow. This could be our first segment, right? This. I was planning. Wonderful. That's wonderful. Yes. And what would we call this new segment you've been planning? Well, I was thinking. A word on the street. Word on the street. In it. <laughs> Come on then, hit me with them. So, the first one that I have, I love, and it happens all the time. This is what's called a portmanteau. And a, a portmanteau, portmanteau is... that is, a suitcase? It is not a suitcase. What is a portmanteau? A portmanteau is when you take two words mm-hmm. and you smush them together... Smush them. Smush is that them. an official linguistic term? That is term? the linguistic term. Yeah. Smush them together. Put them together, All right. perhaps. Yeah, yeah, but I like smush. Okay. You, you smush, smush them away. together. Smush away. Right? Yeah. And then you end up with a new word. A new word. word. Ah, so right. a new word made up of two words put right. together. Exactly. Great. Thank okay, you. so for example, this first one is fubbing. Fubbing. Yes, I often fub in the elevator. I'm not sure I want to know what that is, but um, maybe you could uh, explain what it yeah. is. Um, well, fubbing <laughs> is Hang on. a... Have you ever fubbed me in the elevator? I have never fubbed you. Okay, okay, that's all right then. Okay, <laughs> carry Would on. Would you like me to fub you? I don't know, and so you tell me what it is. Okay. So go ahead. Um, <laughs> fubbing is a portmanteau of mm-hmm. the words phone mm-hmm. and snubbing. Okay, mm. to snub means to like ignore somebody. Right? Yeah, right. So fubbing, yeah. you put them together, mm-hmm. is ignoring, interacting, uh, avoiding interacting with someone in favor of looking at your phone. I think someone in the studio is fubbing us right now. Brooke, are you fubbing us? No. Producer Brooke is very much involved with her phone. She's just on Instagram. I'm just buying you guys some more Insta likes. Yeah, right. Okay, what's next? My next one on the list here, it's one maybe you've heard of. It's quite a popular one, um, and that is on fleek. I do know this one. All I right. do, indeed. It's, it's, could uh, you explain it for us? I can't remember where exactly it comes from. It's, uh, I think it comes from something on TV or about some some American character. I think it was on YouTube. It was on YouTube, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Or a TV show, was it? Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, so on fleek is another portmanteau. So it's two words put together, and it's a combination of sleek and fly. Sleek meaning sort of smooth, kind of shiny. An otter, for example, mm-hmm. a wet otter would be sleek. Right. And fly is a, an Americanism. Yeah, it's an Americanism. just means really cool. So yeah. you put the two together, and you've got fleek. Mm-hmm. And if you're on fleek, um, it, uh, it, it means it's an adjective, um, describing a state of completeness, flawlessness, the quality of being perfect. So today, for example, Ted, listeners, has been to the barber and he's come back with a very, very on fleek hairdo. Right, just it's for the podcast. Just for the podcast. He's made an uh-huh. extra effort um, that is wasted, frankly. Um, but he is looking very on fleek. Thank you very much. As ever. That's oh, very nice of you. Yeah, yeah, very right. Well turned out. Yeah. All right. I could lead us directly into our next segment. Fabulous. What is that? Our next segment is called Ted Trumps. Ted Trumps. What does Ted do? He trumps. What is trumping, Ted? Well, to trump, the verb, has a couple of meanings Mm -hmm. in English. And the first one is um, to win or to beat. 
Mm-hmm. The other meaning is uh, to fart. To pass wind. Right. To, to cut the cheese, as we, <laughs> we say. Are back to the cheese. Right. Thank um, you, Wisconsin. Which I will, um, I will be doing the former. Yes. Okay. Yes, you'll be... Less of the latter, but fantastic. I'm making no promises. It's a small studio. Right. Um, <laughs> so, what I'm going to do in this segment is I'm going to take uh, some tweets from some famous people, yeah, well-known people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what will you do with them, Dad? I am going to correct their grammar because oh. I am a grammar not. Oh, a grammar not. A grammar not. A grammar not. Is that like a twisted piece of grammar? It's like an astronaut, but for grammar. Uh, you know, exploring the deep, dark reaches of grammar. Wow. Yeah, it's, grammar. Yeah, it's a bit, uh, yeah. bit pedantic. I have a lot of fun with grammar. Yeah, it's true. But you I have do. been called a pedant. It's true. Yes. You have been found in corners grammaring away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get on with it, shall All we? Right. Yeah. This is a tweet from Justin Bieber. Bieber. Oh. Bieber. 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 Ah, which is German. For, for Beaver, right, actually. Exactly, yeah, yeah, great. Okay. So, Justin Beaver. And what has uh, Justin Bieber been up to? Well, Justin Bieber asks a hard-hitting question here. Why is Rhode Island nor a road or an island? How do you spell road as in Rhode Island, Ted? R-H-O-D-E. And how do you spell road as in street, Ted? R-O-A-D. Okay. Question answered, right? So, exactly. <laughs> Justin, you wrote the tweet. You can see that... Road and road are different words. Now, and grammatically, yeah. Right, now on. we're going to talk about your grammar, Justin. Okay. Uh, Getting out my red pen. So, Justin writes, Why is Rhode Island nor a road or an island? Justin, nor or is not a construction in English. What I believe uh, uh, that you were going for was the construction neither nor. Or neither nor. Or neither nor, depending on how you would like to pronunciate it. <laughs> or pronounce. <laughs> That's the real word. Um, <laughs> either or. You can pronounce it either or either way that you want. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's true. Anyway, Both are correct. So, the tweet should read, Why is Rhode Island neither a road nor an island? Okay. That's the way we write, Justin. And Thank speak. You. Consider yourself correct, Justin. Ted Trumps. Ted just trumped. Trumped you. All right. Very good. Right. Is that all you've got for us, Ted? That's all I've got. Okay. So, Ted, you like a challenge, right? Love a challenge. Are you a fan of Queens? I like Queen, the band. Yeah. Um, I meant the royal sort. Um, you know, kings and queens. Yeah, mixed feelings, I guess, as an American. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my uncle actually calls Queen Elizabeth, the British Queen, um, Madge. Is that her middle name or something? <laughs> it might be her middle name. I mean, I can't tell you that, but okay. um, it's a shortening of Her Majesty. Ah. Yeah, he clever. uses it with some disdain. Very, oh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, now, yeah. he's not a fan of queens. No, he's not a big fan of the queen. Right. Um, well, regardless of whether you're a fan or not, um, today we have a challenge for you. And um, that is that I am going to teach you to speak like a queen. Um, uh, okay. Are you ready, Ted, to speak the queen? Like I said, I'm always ready for a challenge. Good, good. Well, I have in my hand a special secret document that I prepared earlier. Have you ever wondered, Ted, 
what the difference is between the Queen's English, BBC English, Oxford English, Standard English and British received pronunciation. Um, I have not You've wondered not? that before, <laughs> well, but I'm, surprised. I'm wondering it now. Do you know the answer is that there isn't one. They're all what we colloquially call posh English. Oh. The word posh actually originates from cruise ships. It's an acronym of Port Out Starboard Home. Does that say anything to you? I mean, I know what port means. You know what an acronym, starboard. You know what an acronym an is, An acronym right? yeah. as well, where each letter stands for a word. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, so that's port right. means left on a ship. Yeah. Starboard right. means right. Yeah, that's right. So, so the cabins on ships that had the best view and were therefore the most expensive were port on the way out of the harbour and starboard on the way ah, back into the harbour. So you could get so a nice you, view. Exactly, yeah. Oh. So the posh people were the people that had the best cabins. That is very That's interesting. Where the word posh comes I learned from. something very new today. Anyway, moving on. British received pronunciation appeared in the late 18th century among the upper classes and spread rapidly across the British Empire. A posh accent was, and still is, to be honest, a sign of superior social status, as the underlying intention was to eradicate inferior regional accents. They were trying to do away with all of the Yorkshire accents and the, the West Country accents. They wanted everybody to speak like the Queen. Does the the received part of received pronunciation mm. like basically mean that it's it's not a natural one, that you receive this? I think it's more that it's received knowledge in the sense that it's like, it's given. Okay. It's like, it's given knowledge that everyone should speak like this. If you're properly educated, you speak the Queen's English. Mm. That's the idea, which is obviously nonsense. Right. um, Because people have all sorts of accents. Anyway, up until recently, there was a phenomenon of people putting on or learning a received accent to have more success in life. And it it, it works. Like Madonna. uh, not Madonna, but <laughs> there are more more uh, famous examples. But <laughs> she did that. Madonna though. is not yeah, famous for sure. For, did she? Yeah, she's when? from Michigan, and then uh, she was married to Guy Ritchie for a while. <laughs> moved to England, and then came back and was like speaking with this posh British accent, and everyone was like, "What?" So uh, yeah, I mean, it was until recently it was common practice for university students, public figures, TV and radio presenters to adjust their accents to get ahead. Um, it's only in the past maybe 15, 20 years that um, uh, on the radio and on TV, people have started using a much more uh, diverse selection of, of accents, actually, because people actually like accents. I love um, accents. Yeah, 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 for sure. Me too. Me too. Um, now, for this challenge of yours, you need to know how to speak the Queen's English. All right. right? There are three phonetic indicators of British received pronunciation. The first one. The clear pronunciation of the letter H at the beginning of words such as hat and hamper. Hat and hamper. hamper. Yes. Okay. Got okay. that? Number two, the inaudible R in the words such as car and heart. Car. Car. Heart. Car. 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 And car. Heart. 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 Hot. Yeah, exactly. And three, the long vowels, which require an incredibly high palate. Now, okay, Ted, try saying darling and O, one or the other, with your mouth wide open like you're at the dentist, or as if like you had a golf ball in your mouth. Yeah. Darling. 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 Yeah. Oh. 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 
exactly. Now oh, put them darling. together. Exactly, exactly. I think you're going to be very good at this. Fabulous, darling. 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 Super. Okay, right. So, before you uh, begin your uh, imitation of the Queen, I was looking up some stuff about the Queen. It turns out the Queen uses her handbag to communicate with her staff. That's her main tool of communication. Like based on the color of it? I think more what she's doing with it. Really? (laughs) If she's waving it above her head, it probably means there's an emergency. I would think so. Maybe she twitches it when when she's uncomfortable and needs the bathroom. Okay. Not sure. According to the Queen's cousin, Margaret Rhodes, every day she enjoys a gin and Dubonnet before lunch with a slice of lemon and a lot of ice. With lunch, she drinks dry martini, and every night before bed, she enjoys a glass of champagne. By the UK government standards, this officially makes Her Majesty a binge drinker, having consumed six units of alcohol per day. All right, she'd fit fit in just great in Wisconsin. She would fit in perfectly, I'm sure. (laughs) She once said, and maybe you can try saying this after me, For me, heaven is likely to be a bit of a come down. (laughs) Try saying that too. For me... Heaven is likely to be a bit of a come down. <laughs> yeah, your come down came down a little bit there and there. It sounded more Yorkshire. Mm. Come down. Come down. You have to think of the... the, the come down. Come down. Come down. Come down. Come down. Come down. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, this is good because this is also maybe a portmanteau. The Queen once invented a new breed of dog called the Doggy. Okay, I know that she has corgis. Yeah, well, she she mated her pet corgi with one of Princess Margaret's dashwins, Pipkin, thereby creating a doggy. That um, sounds like it would be a really long dog. It, possibly, yeah, yeah. It gets better, though. The doggy was named Chipper. However, Chipper was killed after the Queen Mother's dog attacked him. Isn't that awful? Oh, no. Awful. Chipper! But don't worry, he was not the only doggy. She has four surviving doggies left. Their names are Cider, Berry, Vulcan, and Candy. Oh, cute. Yeah. Now, it's time for the challenge. Maybe you already know this, listeners, but every year at Christmas, the Queen makes a speech on the television. The most famous of these speeches was the one in which she described a bad year in Latin as her... Anus horribilis. Have you ever had an anus horribilis, Teddy? I can't say that I have, but I'd go to a doctor if I did, Sam. Good. Well, now it's time for the Queen's English Challenge, in which Ted tries to speak like Her Majesty. I'm going to say a phrase as if I was the Queen, and I want you to repeat it back to me in a perfect... British received pronunciation. I will try to be as perfect as possible, Sam. You're nearly perfect, Ted, but a little bit bit more perfect. Perfect. More perfect. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, try your best. Phrase number one I have to be seen to be believed. (laughs) I have to be seen to be believed. (laughs) Pretty good. It's pretty good. This one, which is possibly my favorite, um, short and snappy. I. Should like to be a horse. <laughs> I have no idea the context for this sentence. It is verifiable. Um, <laughs> and okay. now it is your turn. All right, here we go. I should like to be a horse. 
<laughs> Your eye was a little bit wobbly at the beginning. I, 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 again that high palate. I, I should like to be a horse. Yeah, you did very. There, yeah, you dropped the R. The inaudible R was perfect in horse. Nice. Thank you, horse. Um, the Queen does have a lot of horses, and um, they're they're winners as well. She makes a lot of money. Maybe on those with medical advances, her dream will come true. Maybe it will. <laughs> Centaur. It'll be queen. interesting to have yeah. the British uh, British Isles um, ruled by a horse, um, but not surprising these right. days. Next one. In 1982, someone broke into the Queen's bedroom, and she said afterwards. I realised immediately that it wasn't a servant because they don't slam doors. <laughs> now take your time, take a breath before you say this. Okay. I realised immediately that it wasn't a servant because they don't slam doors. <laughs> Again, you're slipping a bit off into some kind of Harry Potter. Mm. Uh, <laughs> right, so we're going to move on to our next segment. <laughs> Are Aussie rules a familiar concept to you, Ted? Like rules of how to interact with Aussie Osborne? <laughs> no. Aussie rules? <laughs> Nothing to do with Aussie Osborne okay. or biting the heads off of doves. He did that, didn't he? A bat, I believe it was a bat. Bats, right, okay. Yeah. Bat creator, bat, bats. Bats in the belfry, um, which is a phrase to say someone is mad if they have right. bats in the belfry. Uh, right, okay, so in this segment, Celebrity Bites, the final part of the show... Pat Horsberger from Babel's PR department is with us in the studio to answer all of your Aussie questions. Welcome, Pat. Hi. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I guess you expect me to say good day because that's what everyone expects of an Australian. But yeah, can you? Good day, mate. <laughs> good day, mate. Oh, good day, you know who I am. Thank you, Pat. Good day, guys. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice to have you with us. Lovely. <laughs> can you explain, uh, because I know what Aussie rules are, can you explain to our American friend in the corner, Ted, what Aussie rules are? Oh, you mean the rules of um, being Australian, basically, like carrying a Vegemite around in your pocket I, at all that times. That wasn't what I was thinking Down of. a can of beer in one go, is that what you mean? Uh, no, it wasn't. I, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, Aussie rules have nothing to do with language. They're to do with f- it's football, basically. Ah, yeah, it? of course. Yeah, the or other soccer. Aussie rules you, is, of you, course. You know, you call it soccer, I think, Ted. Uh, it's soccer. Wait, 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 it's not soccer. It's Australian football. Yeah. Anyway, Pat, I would like to ask you about your favourite... PR moment, Pat. Well, funnily enough, actually, it does have to do with Australians and misunderstandings of slang. But I guess that's probably why I'm here talking to exactly. you. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we surveyed, I think it was eight different nationalities on diff- on how they understood different uh, Australian sayings. Everything from g'day to face like a dropped pie. She's a right ripper, mate. Carrying on like a pork chop. <laughs> I've never heard that oh, before. Right. <laughs> the responses that came back were hilarious. I think the funniest one for me was carrying on like a pork chop. Someone thought that it meant a fat person trying to complete a task. <laughs> <laughs> oh Could you explain to us what carrying on like a pork chop actually means? Because I have no idea. Yeah, it just means being an idiot. But it's something your dad might have said to you when you're like five. Oh, stop carrying on like a pork chop, mate. <laughs> Pork chops being famous for, for idiotic. Right, they, they do not have brains. So. Silly old pork chop. Yeah. Don't be a pork chop. Yeah, that was a funny one. I think we also had something like, she'll be right, mate, which is, of course, I mean, you probably know what that means. Someone said that like, the wife is always correct, which, I mean, maybe in that person's life it's true. 
Often the case. Yeah. Right. It just means everything's going to be okay. It's usually used in a dangerous situation. It's like, oh, should we not wear all of our seatbelts and speed off this cliff? Yeah, she'll be right, mate. <laughs> right, okay. Okay. <laughs> it means everything's going to be fine. It's very logical. Everything's yeah. going to be fine. Don't, Don't worry. worry. Don't no worry. one's going to die horribly. No, she'll be right, <laughs> Don't mate. Don't worry. Yeah. Famous last words. I wonder why she right. should be right. <laughs> Pat, you actually starred as an Aussie hunk. Uh, in a special lesson we put together for Valentine's Day, right? Of course I did, yes. Yeah, yeah. First person to ask, of course, would be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I introduced you to fun terms like pash rash. Can you explain that one to us? Well, pash rash is when you scratch up someone's face with your beard while kissing them because, of course, <laughs> pashing is snogging, I guess, in the UK. Snogging being kissing to anyone. Kissing, out perhaps. Making out. Making, Making out. out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, extreme okay. kissing. It's not just, there's tongues involved. Right. Um, and a rash is actually a rash. It's not short for anything for once. I like extreme right. kissing. <laughs> extreme kissing makes it sound like a sport. Can we call the Olympics and uh, see if we can uh, Extreme kissing can lead to pash rash. <laughs> I remember Warning. that ad Children? from the 90s. <laughs> well, that's been very enlightening. Thank Hasn't you it? very much, Pat, yeah. for being with us. Mm, I guess we should, this is probably wrap it up, right? Right, I yeah, mean, that's all I've come got. to the end of our... Uh, of, uh, Incredible journey. That was beautiful. Um, Thank you. So, folks, you've been listening to me, uh, Sam. And me, Ted. And, of course, me. It's been an honour. Thank you. <laughs> Very welcome. Thank you, Pat Horsberger. Um, would you actually read out the email and Twitter addresses for us so our listeners can get in touch? Oh, it would be my honour, yes. Of course, it's um, podcasting at babble.com or Twitter at Babel. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I might introduce that again slowly. and say, Pat, would you read out the email and Twitter addresses for us so our listeners could get in touch? Sure thing. Address all hate mail to at Babel on Twitter or email podcasting at babbel.com. All right. And yep. before you go, remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, you can search Babel and see other shows from our colleagues. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.